Hello, you're listening to Season 3 of the Hypotheticals Podcast. I'm Adriano. I'm Andy, and this episode is sponsored by PestoLast, the new environmentally conscious source for all your second-hand cooking needs. We scrape out the remnants of 50 million pesto jars a year and repackage them into one convenient, fungally enriched product. Andy, have you seen what datamancers are doing with these graphs and these statistics these days? <laughs> statistics? That's right. Uh, <laughs> and I, I don't know what datamancers are, but I'm guessing it's like necromancers with data? Yeah, it's these gosh dang sorcerers using their <laughs> superior maths knowledge to make us believe stuff. I mean, we've all heard of fake news, and, mm. uh, and real news presumably is out there somewhere. Uh, and the question is, how the gosh darn heck do you tell the difference? Because those graphs just look so dashed impressive, you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, you can make anything look good with a, a an incorrect x-axis and that sort of thing. Oh yeah, you just make that scale like whatever you want it to be, and then this bar is much bigger than this bar, you guys. <laughs> yep. So, vote for me. Well, uh, trolling the internet, as one does, uh, happened upon a little website, and I should really credit it with a name here. This is by one, uh, Tyler Viggen, tylervigan.com, and, uh, seems Tyler has made a book called Spurious Correlations, uh, available okay. on Amazon, if you like them. Um, we're not sponsored, but, you know, it seems like a cool thing. And, uh, off his website, here's a bunch of spurious correlations he's found where like do you remember the meme from way back when where i think the past okay let's let's rewind do you know what pastafarianism is pastafarianism correct this rings a bell but uh is it a weird like fake religion thing yes Uh, that's all i know flying spaghetti monster ring a bell Oh, that does ring a bell. Is that the deity in Pastafarianism? It certainly is, yes. Um, and I believe okay. the like the <laughs> the costume of choice of this religion is a colander worn on the head. <laughs> um, I think it was, invented... and if you really commit, you like poke spaghetti through, like cooked spaghetti, to get oh, the hair yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, that's such a good look. Just the aesthetic. I'm thinking of like a kind of, you know, like those those big chunky wooden beads um, that might be worn with like a saffron robe by some mm-hmm. like Eastern monks. It's that, but it's meatballs. Yeah, and, and the robe is uh, is like tinfoil. <laughs> oh yeah, very good. And just like kind of half doused in pasta sauce, just like marinara <laughs> dripping down there. Ah, oh, I want oh, to talk yeah, about oh, this Oh yeah, now. no, maybe the, maybe the, um, the cape is lasagna sheets, just one massive lasagna sheet. Oh yeah, they're cooked like just the right amount so that they're yeah. not coming apart, but they've got Al-dente. a little bit of swish to them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, where, that's where now. Where are you going with this? <laughs> this segment is now about pastafarians. Um, <laughs> anyway, okay, this this fake sort of joke religion. It's great. I believe it was invented as a kind of protest against um, various things like tax exempt status of churches and having to declare a religion and, and yada yada. Um, and one of their tenets, I think, was the correlation between um, global warming and uh, there's an inverse correlation between uh, in- increase in global temperatures and decrease in pirates. <laughs> and right. I can't strictly remember how that entered like their scripture, but I-, I think it had a lot to do with, in the vein of like Russell's teapot and other thought experiments designed to kind of refute common religious arguments. I think the idea was like, correlation doesn't always imply causation, you guys. Uh, otherwise, lack of pirates would be causing global warming. Or vice versa. 
which which actually it can happen because if if the sea level is rising you've got less coastline and less places for the pirates to raid so i think it they they could be onto something there oh my god okay (laughs) right well we'll look into that for next time but for now we've got a bunch of other spurious correlations to explore and and what's the question here is it uh if they were real yeah, I think the question specifically is, let's assume that um, Tyler Viggen, rather than just having a fun play around with statistics, has actually tapped into a deeper truth. I mean, last week we, well, last time we talked about, um, last week's a bit ambitious, but last time we <laughs> talked about uh, conspiracy theories and what if they were true? What mm. if, what if he, you know, he's he's just found graphs that happen to match up in a pretty way, but no, no, the truth <laughs> is out there. Um, and therefore, what is actually causing... And I'm going to start with an example here. Um, but we should highlight on the front end uh, a little bit of a trigger warning that a lot of these are dark uh, sort of gallows humor. So mm-hmm. there's talk of uh, suicide and various types of accidental death and murder. Um, if you don't like that stuff, maybe skip the episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, first one I've got here is... Um, U.S. spending on science, space, and technology, and it's correlated directly, like eerily closely, with suicides by hanging, strangulation, and suffocation. Oh, so mm. what do you think is going on here? Well, I'm curious to hear if you've got any thoughts. My theory is simply that maths is really hard. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like science mm. makes you cry. I've I've heard it said by like you know experts. I used to uh, I used to work in the in the department of maths at the university, and my general impression is that uh, these are really smart people, very good at their number crunching and stuff. But uh, it's really difficult stuff; makes your brain creak. And uh, maybe there's something about um, I mean, you know, they've they've selected hanging by strangulation and suffocation here, but it it, it could be uh, all types of suicide are just correlated with with more careers in the sciences. Right. Or maybe it's the fact that the there's more um, of these suspicious deaths going on, and so there's more jobs for forensic scientists, and so there's more career opportunities uh, when the, the death rate is high from these things, uh, so more people are entering that field. That's true. Okay, so space uh, is kind of in there just almost as a oh, red yeah, herring. <laughs> Yeah. Well, unless there's just more, um, you know, like US spending on space and there's more astronaut training and stuff. And sometimes they don't necessarily get <laughs> the spacesuits <laughs> entirely right. This oh, And they go down on the books as suicide, quote yeah, unquote. Yeah, mm. mm-hmm. Yeah. You only hear about the people who come back from space, don't you? I mean, yeah. <laughs> We're throwing back into conspiracy <laughs> theory the they tell about It's true. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's another question actually i mean this is increased spending on uh, science and tech um right. is where is that funding being diverted from are we perhaps as a result directly like is there another graph you could plot uh, with the underfunding of awareness programs for the dangers of pillows and plastic bags and <laughs> tying ropes around your neck and stuff yeah you're saying like um right we need to increase spending on uh space race because it's 1960 whatever and we need to beat the russians uh so where can we pull money from ah how about this this handy suicide prevention hotline it's this, print- this yeah. doesn't seem necessary at all goodbye and it's printing all the warnings on the plastic bags and things that's ah, just a waste of money we'll spend it on space instead <laughs> 
<laughs> and I should say, all of these graphs appear to be between 1999 and 2009. I think that's just across the board. So oh, maybe yeah, there was yeah. like a second space race happen around the turn of the millennium. We just didn't really hear about it. <laughs> Certainly spending on space was going up. Like it's, it's trending upwards from like, I don't know, 17 billion annually to about 30 billion across that. Right. Uh, 10 year period so i had oh. to i had to pause for a moment and think <laughs> hang on how many years how are long? there between 1999 and 2009 <laughs> so if this graph oh. is correct i am safe from suicide <laughs> by strangulation okay prepare for a seamless transition mm. talking of space talking of the moon which is as we all know made of cheese mm-hmm. per capita cheese consumption in the u.s uh so i found on this website, there's a correlation uh, between the amount of cheese that people are eating with the number of people who died by becoming tangled in their bedsheets. Um, <laughs> and this is rising from 2000 from around 30 pounds of cheese and 400 deaths to, <laughs> to 33 pounds of cheese. So it's a slight difference, but 800 deaths. Um, and I just really like the idea that, you know, obviously the, <laughs> the knowledge is that like when you eat cheese before bed, it mm-hmm. gives you nightmares. Yes, so that's my first thought. There's a, a rise in people eating cheese before bedtime. Yeah. And so they're, they're like, you know, running away from someone in their dreams. I, I don't quite understand how you die by becoming tangled in your bedsheets. Do you just like wrap it around you so tightly? Or you know is what? It that I you hadn't fall even considered that. I mean, falls from bed are seldom fatal, surely. Unless, Unless... you've got a really tall bed, like uh, the princess in the pea, that <laughs> fairy tale. <laughs> Yeah, maybe these are all deaths among royals, um, who, who, as we know, eat a lot of cheese. And have 50 mattresses, yeah. Yeah, or maybe it's like, I mean, are the elderly more at risk of falling out of bed and dying that way? Or is this another, is this an asphyxiation thing? Like, do you need the sheets to get tangled around your neck and you you, you wake up already short of breath? I don't understand. Or is it starvation? I mean, is it that... The, the number of people getting tangled in their beds is, like, roughly constant. But as cheese consumption goes up, more it's, it becomes more fatal. Is there something about, like, the nutritional properties of cheese that mean you, like, you starve quicker once you're deprived of it? And so getting tangled in your yeah. bed sheets is more likely to kill you? What is it that the fact that more people are becoming tangled in their bed sheets and dying is causing more trauma nationwide? And the way that people cope is by eating more cheese. Oh, it could go in that direction. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, true. I mean, know. as a bereaved person, you know, and your partner killed by by a bed, you know, <laughs> like your loved one, that, that most nourishing, like safe nurturing of objects. Um, yeah, I mean, to what else do you turn but, but refined lactose products? Yeah, it was then that my cheese addiction really began <laughs> to spiral. <laughs> Okay, well, listen, uh, we talked about cheese now. Um, let me let me bring the conversation around to margarine. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I have here, this is a, a correlation. They're both going down, which is great news. Right. Um, but it's the per capita consumption of margarine versus the divorce rate in Maine. <laughs> right. So what was it about margarine that was causing all these people to get divorced? Yeah, exactly. And it's fascinating. Like looking at the line, it's just it's really cool the way they dip on the same years. Like 2005 was like a particular dip for both margarine and divorces. A little bit of a climb back up in 2006. Very interesting. Now, I I have a theory um, for why they're so connected. Uh Uh, And that is simply that margarine 
Like the switch from butter to margarine, it represents the loss of youthful vigor and optimism. <laughs> what have you got against margarine? <laughs> I'm just saying, margarine is is the the paranoid person's butter, right? I say this I as like a margarine, margarine buyer. I'm sorry, I don't I don't mean to I hope this isn't too contentious. People like margarine, that's great. I buy margarine too. I'm just saying, you know the way like in your youth adults are always telling you like oh i'm so jealous you can eat whatever you like and you won't get fat you know i can't have a second you know piece of cake or whatever but you you're young you're just gonna burn it off go out run around and play yeah you know like you know a second a second block of butter yeah exactly <laughs> I eat a tub of margarine instead exactly yeah grandma with her spoon and a tub of margarine <laughs> just you know and, and i'm out there with a with a butter stick in each hand and she's oh she's envious i'm just saying people switch to margarine often if they're doing it, you know, from a, you know, because people grow up on either, either on the butter standard or the margarine standard. Um, but if if you choose to make the switch, it's probably health motivated, right? You're like, oh, this butter, a lot of saturated fat and stuff. And mm. so that, you know, starting to make those decisions, like, because as a kid, you're like, ah, are these grownups and all their rules. When I grow up, I'm going to have sweets for breakfast every day, you know, and then you have to start making these decisions, like actually... I tried cake for dinner and it, you know, I'm going to not do that, actually. Yeah, I'm kind of still hungry and that didn't really satisfy me at all. <laughs> I feel kind of sick now and maybe mum and dad were onto something. Exactly. <laughs> to the margarine! <laughs> <laughs> well, the margarine, I think, is a less obvious one, you know? You try cake for dinner first, like, in your teens or, like, at uni. Um, but, marg- like, the butter margarine one, I reckon that sneaks in after you're already married and you start making compromises, basically. <laughs> you know? Mm. You're like, ah, we're gaining weight and, you know, now we got to start thinking about, ah, we got to we got more bills, we got more things to worry about, now we got to watch our diet as well, and you switch to margarine, and that is, it's all, it's not cause of the margarine, but it's all part of the same kind of influx of stress and responsibility, and, you know, as as we accept the compromise that is this insipid, artificial, and, and frankly suburban, hydrogenated fat product, uh, so too do we realise how uh, stale and lifeless um, our, <laughs> our lives and our marriages have become. Maybe butter is the the sort of grease that keeps the wheels of marriage in motion for these people. Yeah, you heard it here <laughs> first, like, folks. The, the wheels have gone all rusty because we've been using margarine instead, and it's just not not the same. It doesn't have the same lubricant effect. I'm you sorry. You see, I was thinking, was it in Maine? Did you say the marriage? Yes. Rate? I was thinking, was there at one point a giant margarine factory in Maine, and it was secretly known amongst those that worked there as just an absolute, you know, orgies every day. <laughs> Oh, just, just a free for all. Just, it free was, love. Everyone was, uh, you know, having affairs all over the place within that uh, within that pit of sin. That's so <laughs> and, much more cheerful. And that with the decline of the margarine industry, the factories had to lay off people, and mm-hmm. so more more people are staying with their their partners because there's not this opportunity always out there at work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also, the divorce rate would fall anyway because, like, society would, you know, you introduce the 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 slutty uh, margarine factory, and you know, there's. <laughs> big a big dent suddenly gets put in local marriages as people discover that they want a more open situation um but then after a while you know everyone who's going to get divorced will have gotten divorced more or less and so the rate goes down regardless even if the factory is still in operation we can hope that these people still have their jobs oh and that's that's why the margarine is production is going down because they're too busy 
have, you know, everyone uh, polyamory relationships. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, presumably it's one big happy happy family. Uh, I like to hope so. <laughs> so they, they don't have time to work anymore. <laughs> well, it's just the drama, you know? Like, they just, like, workplace romance is correlated with reduced productivity, I'm pretty sure. Like, I've seen The Office and... That's the vibe I get. So yeah, that's a, that's the statistically accurate representation. Oh, definitely. In any case, I'm I'm happier with this interpretation than my original one, which was going to be that is Maine. I don't know much about the U.S. states besides like California. Uh, mm-hmm. Is Maine possibly a dairy farming state? Because if so, then like the the switch to margarine is going to be all the more painful, realizing how far you've fallen from your roots. You know, yeah. growing up on the cow farm, and so you get stressed, you get divorced. Yeah, I think Maine's in the northeast, right on the northeast. I think it's known for fishing mostly, but I guess inland Maine, maybe there's more dairy farms. Uh, mm-hmm. Or fish butter, I mean, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I'm going to do a non-secretor here. Uh, secretor? Anyway. Uh, number of people who drowned while in a swimming pool is correlated uh, eerily with power generated by US nuclear power plants. Um, so mm. it, it's an upward trend on both of them. Ooh. since 1999 um and yeah but i i just like the idea that um it, the the way it works is that the more people who drown while in a swimming pool the more power is generated so you've got this secretive cabal of nuclear power plant <laughs> scientists like how do we get more people to drown in swimming pools so that we can increase our profits like we need to really hamper um those buoyancy aid um <laughs> like safety standards we need to really uh decrease them we need to have more people using mm. those dangerous like pool cleaning devices which can like make you you know get trapped on the bottom of the pool yeah uh we need to promote swimming in dangerous icy conditions <laughs> you want soluble like... pool noodles they're not gonna <laughs> yeah. keep you up we need to increase a trend for like the longer baggier shorts which are more likely to drag you down um <laughs> is that a problem my goodness <laughs> i don't know i i'm guessing if you have difficulty swimming it's better to wear speedo like tighty speedos than the uh, big baggy so. ones but i don't know you probably unless you do that thing where like you jump in wearing the shorts and uh, they like inflate with air get all oh yeah but then there's there's like a scientist aid. underwater just popping it with a, a needle <laughs> <laughs> That's good. See, my thought was just simply to wonder, like, have we ever actually seen the design of uh, an American power plant? You know, are they just full of pools uh, as a matter of course? And so more power plants, more pools, just greater likelihood of drowning, like more workplace risk. But you're suggesting active malice on the part of the power generators because they've discovered some (laughs) secret alchemy that has to do with like human life energy and that chlorinated water. Yeah, yeah. Maybe um the the drains on swimming pools. If you travel, you know, you get sucked down one of those, you get popped straight into a nuclear power plant, <laughs> and, and that's where they're getting uranium from, from from within the bones of drowned people. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, that's perfect. I think we've cracked it. <laughs> Nothing more to be said on that one. <laughs> totally, totally real. No, but I tell you what, there is more to be said on the subject of pools. Now, this one oh, may okay. frighten you. Um, sorry mm-hmm. to alarm your dear listeners, but. Turns out there is quite a close correlation um, annually, again, between 1999 and 2009. So we may be safe now. I don't know what's happened to Nick Cage's career, but <laughs> for that 10-year period, the number of films that Nicolas Cage appeared in each year, uh, which was a number between one and four films annually, so a prolific actor, uh, it was correlated with a uh, number of people who drowned by falling into a pool. Ooh. Yeah. So 
do you think Nicolas Cage is pushing people into pools to, On <laughs> to set, improve his career? To de-stress, presumably, yeah. Like, like the more... <laughs> I actually was initially mystified by this one. I was wondering if he'd perhaps been in a series of films that involved, like, dangerous acts performed above swimming pools that Uh. might have inspired copycats, you know? Like, I know he wasn't in The Great Gatsby, and I was trying to think of any other situation, like, any other pool-based films. I don't know his discography, uh, discography, his filmography that well. But no, this this is a much better more consistent idea it's in the act of filming uh that he's busily drowning people in pools allegedly <laughs> i'm sorry if nicholas cage ever hears this we're on to you please don't sue us yeah if you found a map of the us you could track if you could track where nicholas cage has been you'd find all these uh <laughs> drowned people a trail of sodden bloated corpses <laughs> that's grim <laughs> for bad slandering him this way that is pretty grim. Was that just drownings or was that being pushed into a swimming pool? Drowned by falling into a pool. So oh, okay. the, the type of falling is non-specific. But it's not right. the, the fall itself that is fatal and they're not electrocuted or whatever. We're talking drowning. Well, speaking of falling, um, I found one which was <laughs> which was murders by pushing from a high place uh, was correlated with precipitation in Tuscola County. I think it's Minnesota or Michigan. Anyway, um... But I just love the idea that the <laughs> the weather forecasters got confused by the song "It's Raining Men." Yes, yes, <laughs> and re- reported the fact that there were bodies falling uh, as as precipitation. I think you're spot on because I mean, what's the definition of precipitation? It's things that precipitate out of the sky. Yeah, and obviously you could uh, normally you measure rainfall in millimeters. Obviously, one person is a lot of millimeters, so that would skew your results quite heavily. Hugely, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Particularly because uh, I assume they do it like, gosh, I remember the tremendous excitement as part of a school trip of visiting a meteorological outpost station on the Isle of Wight, and they told us about how this special device with the spinning spoons <laughs> tell them how fast the wind is going, and when they mm. want to know how much rains there there's been, they've got a, a jar with a funnel. <laughs> And with this high-tech equipment this was a while ago maybe they've updated maybe the i don't know whatever I, they're having fun <laughs> and the point is you just you get a, a funnel of x size and uh funnel that water into a jar measure how much there is and then you're like okay so per square meter on average this many milliliters now obviously you assume rain is going to come down approximately <laughs> averaged out there's not like one giant raindrop and then nothing over here but with bodies like if, if one body falls in your funnel per rainstorm <laughs> that's so enough so you're saying not only are these murders p- by pushing from high places they're all like they've accidentally done it so they push someone off and they've fallen directly into the funnel <laughs> or deliberately <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying yeah, like, like let's yeah maybe it's a rival county. Uh, the meteorologists are trying to mess up the the, uh, <laughs> the weather station's results in in the neighbouring county. It could have been someone trying to push legislation about climate change, like either in in the denial direction or in the like we need to make reforms direction. Just you know <laughs> they, mess with those weather think, reports. They don't think maybe I could just top up this thing with some more water that I brought from my <laughs> my house. They're like, no, no, we're going to. <laughs> push people into it they went for the more effective approach because if if the people you're pushing into it are like senators loved ones then i mean you know you've got the statistics <laughs> on your side and you've got the extortion or you know whatever oh dear anyway oh, no. let's move on to that one <laughs> <laughs> okay you're gonna love this one this one's really upbeat and cheerful Mm-mm. oh great we have here <laughs> 
Um, the the age of Miss America. Now I'm mm. not um familiar with Miss America pageants. Uh, do they have like one per year? I think there's an annual one. Yeah, and you sort of compete on various quiz questions and and like talent like portions talents, maybe like can yeah. you cook or sing? I think. I'm not I think sure. so. Okay. Well, so I didn't know if it was average age, but if it's just one per year, then I guess it's literally the age of Miss America. Uh, for that 10-year period, always I note between, let's see, it dipped as low as about almost 19 years old and never mm. got higher than 23.75 years. Ah, uh, you're over the hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, that's a, a grim reflection of, um, you know, beauty pageants and whatnot. But that's not what we're here to talk about. What we want to know is, why does the age of Miss America correlate directly with number of murders by steam, hot vapours, <laughs> and hot objects? What is going on, people? And honestly, I, this is one of the more confusing ones. Uh, my immediate thought is, can we draw some sort of connection of hotness somehow? Right. Uh, hot objects, hot people... I don't know. I I do want to add that it is a very small sample size of murders. I guess there, there aren't that many murders by steam annually. Like, it's literally... Yeah, how do you murder someone by steam? Right? This is between two and eight murders. <clears throat> and if that's across the whole of the US, um, then that's not a high number. So it is feasible to consider that they might all be Miss America pageant contestants. And So is it the older you are, the more murders there are? Exactly. Yes. Oh. So my guess is the older the contestants are that year, the more likely the winner is to be older and the more comfortable, you know, because people like kids, they're innocent, etc. The older you are, the more comfortable people feel murdering you with a set of curling irons. <laughs> oh my God, that's grim. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. Or, or is it that the, the Miss America is, is carrying out the murders themselves and the older they are, the more embittered they're becoming because they know... Once they hit 24, they're Ooh. out on their ear. So if you're, if the average age is getting higher, maybe they're more likely to uh, vent their frustrations in the form of uh, a horrible rage on the uh, the event producers. Yeah, and, and they've, they've picked a theme and they're sticking to it throughout <laughs> the years. <laughs> they're all doing It's good steam. marketing. They, they, they're like, why do all of our producers on Miss America keep getting killed by, like, uh, hot pokers <laughs> and, like... Um, kettles i don't know um it's like huh i, I guess it's nothing and the, the miss america contestants like why wouldn't they get the message that <laughs> this is significant somehow this is a protest movement against like the objectification of women and this is a terrible slander on feminists i'm sorry <laughs> is this is this hot enough for you yeah oh god <laughs> so grim well let's also <laughs> let's keep the ball rolling on the mm. grim train yeah, that's a weird mix of metaphors anyway um apple iphone sales uh, from 2007 to 2010, so it's not a huge uh, range, but it is quite a significant correlation. Uh, it, the as Apple iPhone sales increased, people who died by falling down the stairs is an almost perfect correlation. Oh, which really? Makes complete sense to me. I think this yes. one is is not even a ridiculous thing we have to make up. No. It's like the more <laughs> That's smartphones you are giving to people, the more people are staring at their phones while they walk down the stairs. Yeah. That's too easy. Yeah, so they just literally just like, this shouldn't even be on here as spurious correlation because like, Not yeah, if you're looking at your phone, you're going to fall down the stairs more and the more people fall down the stairs, the more people are going to die from that. Yeah, I'm telling you, this Mr. Vigan, he's he's onto things. Like, he's discovered <laughs> truths. He's, he's spurious, he's too modest, frankly. That's frightening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you ever install an app? And this, I think, was from the relatively early days of 
Do you remember how exciting it was that, like, the first generations of smartphones would have, like, the app where, like, it filled your phone with beer and then as you tilted it, oh, you'd, like, drink yeah. the... You know what I mean? And we were like, whoa, because... That like, was incredible. Right? Because a device with an accelerator in it, like, accelerometer in it that could, like, detect tilt was like, whoa. And they, they'd have the game which was, like, um, not pinball, but, like, the maze with the ball in it and you had to, like, get it in the uh, right hole yeah. and you tilt your phone and it was like, what is going on? Similar vein there were apps that would uh, engage your camera and turn your phone wallpaper into whatever your camera's looking at to make your phone functionally transparent except for, like, your icons and widgets. Totally useless. Uses your camera the whole time. Absolute battery <laughs> drain. Drain battery, yeah. Yeah, and only works on your home screen. But I did install it for a little while because I was like, whoa, man, that's so cool. <laughs> it's like my phone's translucent. What? I'm just saying, if these people had had that, they would have been marginally less likely to die if you could somehow engage that to just activate on stairs there's like an invisible beam where it connected with your phone it's like oh transparent mode yeah what we need is whatever roombas are using to not fall down the stairs we need your phone (laughs) to somehow be stairs aware which is trickier i appreciate because it's not on ground level but smartphones are pretty smart these days like if they can measure your pulse they need to yeah engage safety mode when you're (laughs) yeah but I'm just thinking, like, you know, if it, like, beeped at you, that might distract you and then you fall down the stairs. Because, like, my my car <laughs> has a, um, a thing where it's, like, if it thinks you're going to hit a car, it will, like, flash this red light and have this really alarming beep, like, oh. very quickly. And so sometimes it activates when you're just driving, you know, around, like, a little slalom almost in the road, like a little sharp bend. Oh, no. And uh, there's a car parked. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I'll just steer around this. And then suddenly it's, like flashing at you and like beeping and you're like oh my god what's happening no. and it, it, it feels like it's less safe than if it just did nothing yeah i know from uh from freaking out my fiance as we just as she drives um that yelling look out is like <laughs> not helpful <laughs> mm. <laughs> so i feel like they could have done a better job there yeah yeah i don't i don't know what they they were thinking to be honest mm. oh Okay. Have you got have you got a positive one or are we just keeping this this ball rolling? You know what? Let's turn it around for a minute. I do have okay. a positive one. Um mm-hmm. total revenue generated by arcades correlates eerily well with computer science doctorates awarded in the US. Oh, that makes sense, right? It, it really does. Like comp sci majors are absolutely motivated by arcade games. You, you, the more Tetris <laughs> you play, the more likely you are to succeed in the field. Like that's cut and dried, if you ask me. And yeah, and the more comp sci graduates you have, the more people are interested in video games. I guess that just yeah, that makes sense, right? Yeah, exactly. They like the better the the quality of the game output, the more money your arcades are making. It just this is you know it's perfect. Mm. I think this is where correlations get quite difficult is because like you can be like you know we're, we're looking at this going this one's clearly ridiculous and this one clearly makes sense like mm-hmm. therefore the one that makes sense must be or like could well be causative like oh yeah comp time majors more comp time majors more people playing video games mm-hmm. but then there's this like sliding scale of like what people think makes sense in terms of correlations oh yeah so you start just going like that's how conspiracy like anti-vax people are like look at this this makes total sense and other people are like uh no yeah <laughs> uh, no I, I think nope. you're right. Anyway. <laughs> the only yeah. solution is to cut graphs out of our diets entirely. Like processed <laughs> foods. They're just not good for us. We won't evolve to deal with them. Our metabolism can't take it. They have all these weird, you know, adverse effects. We just mm. need to stop. Unle- yeah, unless your graph has a, has a p-value, which 
signifies the significance of the result, and unless that p-value is less than 0.05, that graph just gets like deleted from your memory. That would be a useful app, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for, you know, our inevitable bionic implants. Mm. Actually, I right. crave the day. Sorry, I'm, I'm thinking about bionic implants now, and I'm thinking, <laughs> you know the way there's been all this increasing pressure for platforms like Facebook and social media generally to kind of do something about all the misinformation and the hate speech? You know, there's like a weird blurry line between hate speech and, which is easy enough, like if someone's like, kill all of this race, then you're like, okay, off of Twitter you go. But if someone's just like, I'm just spreading the truth, man, look at all these articles that say that, you know, and then it's like, okay, you should fact check, but, and there's pressure on the platform themselves to kind of police this and now there's like some ai fact checking going on and stuff i want it just straight in the cranium i want someone to be like hey did you hear that like sharks are 18 times more likely to attack you if you have a diet high in peanut butter and i just want like a siren to go off in my head and i want my fist to just reach out automatically and bop them one yeah or it's like the person who's saying that, as soon as they say it, they just get this blinding pain in their head and they just fall <laughs> down. No. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess he was lying. Anyway. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, just like mandatory <laughs> fact checking software. Mm. Yeah, I see no problems with this. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's no ethical problems with that. But <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, that sounds like a terrifying uh, way. To... Maybe we should do a thing on how would you enforce your dystopian future? Um, but that would be a good way, just like, yeah, Pavlovian uh, punishments. Yeah, you'd only have to, like, you'd only have to administer a certain number of blinding headaches, electric shocks, whatever, before people started thinking twice before they spread misinformation. Yeah, double think. Yeah. Oh, so many levels. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm going to move on. Mm -hmm. Back to deaths. Woohoo! Nice. Okay, uh, so this is deaths caused by lightning uh, compared Ooh. to per capita consumption of beef in the United States. And this okay. one is, as deaths uh, uh, caused by lightning are weirdly decreasing from the period 2000 to 2009, yeah. so too is the uh, consumption of beef per person. Um, nice, nice. And I don't know whether this is simply the fact that farmers stand out in fields with their cows. <laughs> like, if you're, like, moving your cows from one place to another, mm -hmm. you are more likely to be hit by lightning for you, the fact that you are standing in a field. If you're rustling them or, you know, hurting them, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is one does with them. Rawhide. Yeah, the more people who are stealing cows from fields and eating them <laughs> there and then in the field, <laughs> <laughs> the more deaths from lightning you are going to get. Uh, <laughs> it's all cow poachers. That's what. That's yeah. what's not on the graph, but it is. Yeah, or or is it that somehow... The more beef we eat, mm. it builds up the charge in the air. Or the better a conductor you become, maybe. Like, it's full of iron, um, copper, oh, maybe, true. I don't know. Because, you know? yeah, obviously, steak, people eat steak uh, rare quite often, which means there's a lot of blood left in it uncooked. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so if you're eating a lot of blood, there's a lot of iron in blood. I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. You become more magnetic. Yeah, you summon that lightning right down to you. <laughs> in fact, I think it might be a combination of all of these effects. None of them by themselves sufficient to explain the correlation, but once you total up the one, um, cow rustlers much more likely to get electrocuted by lightning. Two, the more beef you eat, like you're just turning into like a, an iron rod, essentially. And three, <laughs> cows themselves are nature's lightning rods. Like the more of them you've consumed, the, the less of them there are in the field soaking up the lightning. So now it's going to hit us instead. 
but maybe the deaths caused by lightning, it doesn't specify, they could be cow deaths. Oh, well, there so it is. Maybe we're relying on lightning to kill the cow. <laughs> like, how do we kill a cow? I don't know. Oh, but it's luckily never this, lightning, this lightning has done it for us, so we might as well dig in now. Oh my god, imagine <laughs> how many cows get struck <laughs> annually for McDonald's to be a viable thing. Poor things. They've got like cloud seeding or something, trying to trying to trigger a thunderstorm. It's the it's only like, way we can think of. They're, they're indestructible. I don't know what it is. It's only lightning that can kill them. The only way to get at that sweet, sweet beef is to provoke Mother Nature into, <laughs> into venting her wrath on these bovines. Oh, yeah. And maybe the last the last explanation for this is is the the de- it's not on this graph but it's the decrease in popularity of uh, rooftop skyscraper steak restaurants um, oh, over over time yeah now yeah. are you more likely to get struck by lightning in a I guess just the taller the building more likely it is to get struck but I mean literally on the rooftop you're just on you know exposed to the, to the element right you hold your uh, your 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 burger flipping spatula aloft <laughs> ready for the next swipe or you know you raise your fork in triumph as you see the waiter coming over with your steak and zam that's it yeah maybe um I, I don't know maybe that's the way that you signal the waiter is you raise your knife and it's it's like oh we lost another one <laughs> Every table's equipped with just a long metal rod that you raise when you want the waiter's attention. And the, the, the flash of light is actually what gets their attention as often as not. So, I mean, you're a goner, but everyone else on your table, they're getting that top up of, you know, whatever it is they wanted. More fries, yeah. please. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, what do you have next? Ah, uh, um, less interesting, honestly. Just more kind of bleak. Um, so... This is great, though. Worldwide non-commercial space launches. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I guess non-commercial means, like, not for the purpose of putting, like, communications, satellites and stuff up there, but, like, for exploration and so on, I guess. Like, space station maintenance and so on. That correlates with sociology doctorates awarded in the U.S., which is an interesting That's one. weird. Mm. I know. And it correlates, uh, like, as in when one goes up, the other goes up. They've both been on a bit of an upsy-downsy. Um, more <laughs> recently, right. and by that I mean, like, between 2007-2009, which is where the graph stops, uh, they were going up, but actually they, ju- they just attained the same level of uh, worldwide non-commercial space launches that there had been 10 years previously anyway. So it's not a strong, it's not a nice, neat line, but these two wiggly lines do go together pretty well. Why do you think that might be? My theory is uh, the more sociology PhDs there are, like the more we understand ourselves as a species, the more keen we are to get off this planet. <laughs> the more we're like, yeah, we're out, we're, we're done. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> There's no hope for any of us. Time Goodbye. to look beyond, yeah. <laughs> We've got to get out of here. Or, ooh, or is it? Or is it that... <laughs> that um, NASA have been recruiting from they, they've you know they've used up the pool of uh like you know STEM graduates. Aer- aeronautics astronautics <laughs> whatever and they're like okay we've run out of people to hire let's hire from sociology graduates because That's nothing fun. can go wrong there um so this has had a weird effect to stimulate the field of sociology because their career prospects have suddenly shot up because of all the, the crazy amounts of them that NASA has been employing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. They just ran out of engineers or they decided like, no, 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 no. We've got plenty of engineers. What we need to know now is, I mean, I'm going to be frank here. I don't strictly know what sociologists do that is different to anthropologists or psychologists. It's like how it's more of a society level, isn't it? Rather than an individual thinking. It's like group, group thinking kind of 
effects. Okay, right? uh, that makes sense. And anthropologists are what like that. That's like the like history, tri- the history of uh, human okay. uh, evolution. Okay, so in that case, they need to know about like I mean, you you keep a load of astronauts together on the International Space Station or whatever. You need to know about the social dynamics in play. You know, That's true. you need the equivalent of like the 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 social facilitator of the like the one friend that keeps the clique together in high school, you know, because they're like a drama mediator and they understand that like, you know, the the implicit rules that like, oh, you don't like once someone has um, like expressed dibs, you don't get to make out with that person. Otherwise, it's going to be, you know, we, we have those people, those rare few people who I can only assume go on to become uh, sociology doctors. Um, and you need that because the return to the the cliquish confined environment up in space that is an absolute pressure cooker, right. much like high school. Maybe this links in with what you said earlier about um, uh, increased spending on space travel and suicides by hanging and strangulation. Because mm. you know all of these in quotes suicides which NASA is hushing <laughs> up are actually the astronauts killing each other because they can't take it anymore that Larry keeps clicking his pen like that. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's like, like we've got to have more sociologists to like get into the heads of these people and be like, Let, there's an epidemic here and we keep having to say that the astronauts <laughs> are killing themselves, but it's actually a horrible murder fest. <laughs> It's possible, because how would you kill someone in space? You got it. I mean, asphyxiating them is easy enough. Like if they're using the the space toilet and you just uh, whoop hit the button, like turn off the oxygen <laughs> in there, you know, lock up the door. Uh, but you know, you're not going to use like a firearm. They don't allow guns up there. You're not going to poison them with what? Like your powdered mashed potatoes. It's going to have <laughs> to be asphyxiation. You can't properly like punch the daylights out of someone because you're in zero g so and you wouldn't you wouldn't want all the blood getting everywhere because there's a real thing about water getting into into the instruments so you're like you can't let the bleed all over the place no no uh, strangling nice and neat probably the optimal type of murder in space i think so yeah they've hired almost every sociologist uh <laughs> graduating in the country <laughs> to try and solve this problem yeah so you know good for them at least there is an upside to um the various astronaut deaths uh, I'm going to go back to falling down the stairs. Oh, um, please. Because not only does it correlate with uh, iPhone sales, it also correlates... Again, this is another one which makes complete sense. The money spent on pets in the US oh. positively correlates with people who died by falling down the stairs because yeah. they trip over their cat. Yeah, exactly. Or, or the various dog. toys that have been scattered about the place, you know? Yeah, like the that horrible like jeweled collar that you shouldn't have bought. Oh, and now you're dead. Sorry. <laughs> That's what you get, karma. <laughs> That's what you get. You're getting one of those weird little cardigans with just a hole for them to poo out of. <laughs> Is that a thing? Like onesies? Seems, like, oh, I swear I've seen it recently. Like, I haven't seen them before this year. Like, you'd see like coats before, but hmm. they were just like on the back of the dog. Yeah. But now it's like, it goes, it's like a onesie. Yeah. But just with a weird hole at the back. And it, it's really <laughs> disturbing because it really focuses your attention. I guess it would. On, on the dog's the zone. Yeah. I mean, the thing mm. is, I always... Because, I mean, my family used to have a greyhound and their fur is very short and they're so bony. They're just skin and bones. Yeah. And in the winter, they get cold and you put this coat on them. But yeah, it's just on the back and kind of on the sides and always, always like, ah, oh, the poor belly, the legs must be absolutely freezing. So I kind of like this idea and it's kind of weird. I don't, I'm not <laughs> saying that people should be punished by death from falling down the stairs for purchasing them. I mean, that's just up to God or karma, presumably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How unfortunate, though. Like, how how dare you want your dog to be happy? You buy him all these tennis balls. He scatters them on the stairs because he loves them so much. He wants them everywhere. And then just, you know, whoop, down you go. That's not fair. 
Or maybe it's the comfort explanation again. More people, you know, your relative dies by falling down the stairs. You're like, I want to get a dog. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, like you, you're not spending that money anymore on Christmas presents and stuff to this <laughs> oh, dead God. loved one. So you're spending <laughs> it on your pets instead. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay, listen, let's talk about cheese. Um, Why is... Okay, I have a question for Tyler. <laughs> Why are so many of your statistics about death... <laughs> Yeah, Could we not have had some jolliest statistics? Somehow please? I didn't realise skimming through them, but now that we come to talk about them. <laughs> okay, let's let's go a, a little bit more upbeat for a moment. It's another cheese one. And this is another correlation between... And I think he must have just scoured the university records. This is civil engineering doctorates awarded versus per capita consumption of mozzarella cheese specifically. I'm guessing this is in the US. If it's in Italy, that's a bit different because they'll have mozzarella like as a starter by itself or like as a major component in a salad. But I personally can only put this one down, if it's in America, to pizza because that's the, you know, the major mozzarella vector, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I personally went to uni with a few engineers who made pizza a major part of their diet. I mean, we lived with one, not not a civil engineer, I'll grant you, but like... Didn't he basically decide that frozen, like the one pound frozen pizzas from the from the supermarket on campus <laughs> were more or less going to be everything he ate for the academic year? They were year. a lot of what he ate. They were a lot yeah. of them. And apples. <laughs> I mean, at least that's one of your five a day. Between that and the oh, tomato yeah. sauce on the pizza, you're probably fine. No, we're being unfair. It was the one pound pizzas, apples and uh baked beans <laughs> oh yeah that, that was pretty much it what did he did he put the baked beans on anything or they just bite like did he eat them out of the yeah, can on, I on the apple <laughs> yes <laughs> nice thinly sliced Delicious. I, mean, I can't really talk because i ate on froobs baby bell and um <laughs> oh god i don't even know like the, the, any like like fake cheese fake yogurt whatever it, and those uh i think you had finger buns for a while and oh brioche yeah, didn't, didn't you have like the iced ice fingers? Uh, Did I make yes, that up? Possibly. And the um the the pre-made uh chocolate spread pancakes like rolled up in a like chocolate crepes. Oh yeah, I ate so many crepes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we made a lot of poor like diet decisions at university to be honest. Like <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? I I I yeah. subsisted most of that year on pasta bakes, which to be fair, I think were a relatively balanced oh. meal, but boy how did I get sick of them. You had a lot of um slow cooked stuff as well. I remember you putting whole like corn oh, yeah. chicken fillets in the in the uh, slow cooker. Man, I tried to make a slow cooker work so bad. I The, the dream, <laughs> let me tell you, being vegetarian and having a slow cooker, turns out it's not as exciting as you as you <laughs> hope it's going to be. All the recipe websites want you to put like an entire chicken in there and it's it's yeah. not the same. You can make bolognese. Yeah, We've but... had a, ma- this is a massive tangent. <laughs> <laughs> it's more cheerful than, <laughs> because so That's many true. more death statistics. No, tell me, tell me about the problem with bolognese in a slow cooker. <laughs> It's just, it's not labour-saving enough. I mean, maybe, but, like, I don't, I don't find it that difficult to make a pasta sauce outside of a slow cooker. Whereas, like, what they're selling is, like, you can put all the stuff in in the morning and then, like, come home from work, you've got a piping hot meal. And I'm like, yeah, but you've only got the sauce, you're still going to make the pasta. And I don't know, and I, it wasn't it wasn't good enough somehow. I wanted it to take more work out of it. Like, I wanted to be able to make a burrito mix or something and then just, just put it in a wrap and eat it. And it just, mm. I made myself sick trying to do that. It wasn't great. <laughs> I made a perpetual stew in one for a while, also made myself oh, wow. sick. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> it, it, a perpetual stew is a real thing. Do you, do you know oh, about I, this? Yeah, you just keep like topping it up with ingredients as you use it. Exactly. But I have a feeling it must be quite difficult to achieve without just 
making yourself ill. Yeah, it really is. Because um, back in the day, <laughs> it was done with like, back when you had a cooking fire in the middle of your like cottage or hut, um, you just had a cauldron hanging above it and you just topped that sucker up because, uh, you know, because you're the housewife, presumably, and your husband's out like hunting. He comes back and he's like, oh, today I caught a rabbit. All right, into the pot it goes. And then tomorrow it's going to be some fish, whatever. Just top it up. Um, and in the modern day, I didn't really want to leave the stove on like all day, every day. So did it with a slow cooker, but I, I think I fudged up and like didn't keep the temperature high enough. So eventually yeah. it made me I go. imagine that the temperature may not be high, high enough in a slow cooker to yeah kill all the bacteria that might grow yeah i can't i can't recommend i did do a bit of research <laughs> like i didn't just go into it like i'm pretty sure I know, I know how this works i did do some research but it didn't it didn't work out um mm. perfectly so the best thing we made in a slow cooker was mold cider which we I just agree. did by by i don't know if this is the thing in other countries but mold mold wine is like you just get wine and like boil it down so that it's quite low alcohol content and with like cinnamon and like various spices and it's really like mm-hmm. christmasy and often nice. some orange juice and um and sugar yeah and and then you, you can also do that with cider but they usually do it with still cider and we got we got like fizzy cider, <laughs> just apple cider stuff, yeah. from the supermarket and just like poured cans of it in that's hard cider <laughs> for any american listeners um, yes not it's with your alcohol in it yeah and listen i americans i don't know do you guys have mold stuff because i keep hearing about eggnog and some people love it fine but i keep hearing about people like oh god christmas now i gotta drink eggnog and i'm like you don't have to Nobody in the UK has ever even seen eggnog. We're doing just fine with mulled wine. Like, it's great. Yeah. Don't worry about it. How do, how do you make the chickens nog the egg? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so intensive, honestly. Just, God, what a hassle. <laughs> Look, Andy, I don't know how much more of this, this grimness I can take, but I know, I know we've got a few more to work through and the people must hear them. Do you think we okay. could, like, lightning round these? Can we go through them Ooh, in, okay. in more rapid Let's, fashion? Yeah. I'm going to skip a couple because uh, they're kind of closely related to ones we've already done. Uh, but I will talk about sunlight in Nevada as it rises and falls from year to year. Uh, it correlates with the number of lawyers in American Samoa. So I wonder if loads of farmers in Nevada are really angry with American Samoa because they're like, why have you got so many lawyers? Or like, no, why haven't <laughs> you got enough lawyers? Because now it's really grim outside and my crops keep getting rained on and it's really bad. And there actually, there's a farming lobby in Nevada paying for <laughs> like uh, law school for various people living in American Samoa just to really bump up their uh, you know their good good days of sunshine that is the, yeah the only explanation i think you've nailed it now i do have to confess <laughs> my ignorance what is american samoa it's a location uh it's an i don't know where it is it's a territory owned by the us or like well, i guess owned occupied whatever but it's part of america but it's not a state um yeah. and i think it's somewhere in the pacific I did not know they had any of those. Yeah, they got a fair few because obviously Puerto Rico is not a state, but uh, is part of America. I didn't um, know that. I thought it was its own thing. Wild. The way countries own each other always blows my mind. Uh, typically, you can trace it back to some kind of empire. Seeing as the US never like had one of those, I didn't really know what's going on there. But okay, I'm now interested in the history of American Samoa. Right, and yeah, presumably they've got a flourishing uh, legal or like they have specifically people who are good at suing the sun like that's where you get them <laughs> from that's where the experts are okay great well no no that, yeah suing, suing the sun to make it produce more sunlight Put in a, a, they want good day's work yeah, yeah finally <laughs> okay well listen talking about weird stuff that happens in america 
Um, here I have a correlation between people who drowned after more drowning after falling out of a fishing boat specifically correlate reasonably well with the marriage rate in Kentucky, both declining, I have to say. So maybe it's some. Um, un- Do you think it's like unhappy? Uh, partners going off fishing because they don't want to spend time with their their wife oh see that's smart i was just assuming it was part of the marriage ceremony they have in kentucky like they have a lot of fishing <laughs> boat weddings and so mm-hmm. the more of those there are ipso facto the more likely someone's <laughs> gonna you know get wasted and fall yeah there's the these vast flotillas of boats out on a lake and it's just like more alcohol for everyone <laughs> i don't know is kentucky a state with lakes i don't know it might be uh, moving on be. what do you got <laughs> uh i've got Suicides again, sorry guys. Uh, Suicides by crashing of motor vehicles, which I guess might just include accidents, I don't know, but correlates with German passenger cars sold in the US. Mm. So the more German German cars are sold, the more people die by suicide of by motor vehicles, which might mean that the, <laughs> the, the German cars are, are so bad that they are driving people literally... <clears throat> Uh, to killing themselves. Yeah, listen, I have to... I've actually got a different one. This is suicides by crashing of motor vehicle correlates with Japanese passenger cars sold in the US. Oh, and is this also, uh, you know, as one goes up, the other goes up? Very much so. And I just want to check the... Like, my scale over here is between, like, 90 suicides and 150 suicides. Yeah, that's about about the same here. Okay, I was wondering whether one was, like, wildly more deadly than the other. No. But it just seems here, like, it's kind of suggesting that Americans really don't like foreign cars or possibly that these other car manufacturers just make such bad cars you know <laughs> that yeah they're or, driving yeah, people the, to the americans really don't like the axis powers um <laughs> is that is that the right one or is it yeah i think it is. i thought the axis was the one with hitler on it oh yeah no exactly got it so axis powers yes germany japan yeah and so they're just like you think it's post-world war ii tensions they'll buy the car and then they'll be like my god what have i done yeah, I've compromised my values. <laughs> 50 years on, <laughs> I've compromised my values. I can't take it anymore. And they drive into a cliff. I don't like this one. This one's too real. <laughs> There's yeah. too many neo-Nazis and things in the world for me to feel mm, happy about yeah, these let's, jokes. Let's move swiftly on. What have you got? Right along. Okay, so I have here... Um, what is it? It's amount of uh, crude oil imports to the US from Norway... Uh, and mm. drivers killed in collision with railway train. Both going down after a brief high in 2002. Right. So do you think they're, they're colliding with trains? Uh, carrying oil? Yeah, that's exactly my thought. That the oil must be coming over from Norway by train. So it's just... <laughs> the, they, the whole way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just... Well, you know, maybe they bring it over by boat, but then they pile it onto a train specific. I, right. I don't know. I don't know why. But it's clearly creating more trains on the rails, more likelihood of deaths that way. Or there may be something specific about Norwegian oil that when loaded onto a train carriage makes it particularly lethal somehow. Or when converted into petrol, um, Norwegian oil is particularly volatile somehow. Interacts poorly (laughs) with the brake fluid. I don't know. When Norwegian oil uh, goes onto an American train, it feels that it senses the socialism and it can't take it anymore. <laughs> and so it, it takes itself off its rails and on, on into traffic. Oh, I see. <laughs> like the train is actually the aggressor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> this isn't the capitalism I know and love. Ah, and off they go. <laughs> I'll show you. Yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So it's a good thing they're importing less of it. Um, <laughs> it is. It's, yeah. Okay. It's not on. My last one, because uh, a lot of them are just like consumption of this product 
and divorce rate in this state. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to go straight to uh, worldwide commercial space launches. Uh, so that a commercial this time mm. um, versus you know Pandora we've talked about the music service. Oh yes. Doesn't really seem to exist much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was Pandora's net loss in millions from 2006 to 2009. Oh no. And so as as we have more space launches, <laughs> uh, so too does Pandora's uh, loss of profits soar. Okay, well, I've got a theory. What's yours? Well, mine is that we're sending all these people into space who'd normally be listening to music and they don't have internet out there. That's exactly it. Yeah, all the Pandora <laughs> customers become astronauts somehow. It, it inspires them. Yeah, and that's it. I assume they just they can't stream it up there. It's, there's all sorts of copyright issues, I assume. I mean, I don't think we can get Pandora over here anymore. So, like, on the International Space Station, forget about it. Or is it that um, somehow Pandora was hindering uh, the number of space launches and so as its popularity <laughs> decreased they were able to penetrate the thick layer of mute of funky beats that were, <laughs> that were preventing access to to uh, the outer atmosphere oh i see not like an economic thing but like literally just that's where they're storing the music and uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah in the, in the in the cloud adriano it's in the cloud oh, God, of course i didn't think it's just streaming up there and it's it's impenetrable oh. that's fair okay that's very good i've 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 narrowed it down to two favorites um <laughs> so <laughs> go with me on a journey to why um oh i've lost it <laughs> I've lost why it. <laughs> no, i had it right here oh yeah brilliant okay this is another um uh doctorates but it's maths doctorates and it's amount of uranium stored at u.s nuclear power plants my theory is that either for some reason the maths guys are the only ones who know how to store uranium, or even better, <laughs> they're the only ones who know how to count how much there is accurately. It could be that it's it's only it's getting chronically underreported, except when they have a sufficient concentration of maths experts. Right. Or is it a superhero type situation where the amount of uranium is causing, you know, genetic alterations in people and creating a, you know, a generation of super mathematical geniuses? Boom. There it is. That's absolutely it. Yeah, you need it in proximity <laughs> to those classrooms. It's the only way we're going to learn, people. We need some data points on where these mathematicians come from. It's all around the power plants. It's just, the heat map is just circles of red around them. Yeah. Okay, well, speaking of children learning, uh, this is my mm. personal favourite. Le- spelling bees are super weird can we agree um just like i gather other languages don't have them and also i don't know if they happen over here is this just an american thing if they do happen here you don't hear about them as much Certainly yeah no. okay well uh letters in the winning word of i assume it's number of letters in the winning word of the scripts national spelling bee um mm. and that is just for reference between like eight letters and f- 13 letters i think um, uh-huh. It correlates with number of people killed by venomous spiders. Mm. What is your explanation for this? What I want to know is, never having been to a spelling bee and never having seen one televised outside of fiction, are they holding these spelling bees in a particularly dangerous area? I've never understood right. why they're called bees, but I assume that the venue is just crawling with creepy critters of all <laughs> kinds. And the longer the words, the more time it takes to spell them, the longer the game has to go on. And just the greater the exposure, the, the, the more likelihood there is that one of the many, many bites that you get as a matter of course will turn out to be from a venomous spider. 
It's like a, an I'm a celebrity, get me out of here trial where, you know, for people who don't know, this is where you're basically like you have to stand in a tank and people like pour various insects on you. And you have to stay in for as long as possible. But it's like that. But you just have to spell as well. And it's all like 13 year old kids. I mean, that'd be more interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> more interesting than just spelling words for money. I don't know. I find it really like really strange that that is like a nationally known, internationally known uh, competitive sport. Anyway. Yeah. You never hear about the spelling spiders, do you? that was the hypotheticals podcast adriano where can people find us online we're all over the place andy oh we're everywhere everywhere that's right we're on instagram facebook twitter just search for hypotheticals that is hypotheticals the weird way we spell it but without the r Yes, and uh, if you would like to leave us a rating on a podcast app of your choice, be that Acast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever they may be, may take some digging, but if you could leave us a five-star rating, uh, it would mean that we would get more than at least five listeners. We would love you so, so much. And please, why not tell a friend who might enjoy listening to our dulcet tones? And we will see you next time. 